welcome to the Birdhouse podcast, where we talk about how to build a business, how to become a better version of ourselves, while we strive to fly up to the higher skies. My name is Alexander Guller, the CEO of the Birdhouse Agency, and I'm your host for this podcast. Welcome to the Birdhouse. Welcome to the Birdhouse podcast. My name is Alexander Guller, and today with me I have Stephen Wen. And as you know, everyone, everyone's talking about it, Ukraine and Russia, which is a big trend nowadays and a big topic for many newsletters and all the people around the globe. So, uh, and just to give you some more, more information, um, one of the past few weeks, Russia invaded Ukraine. And now, uh, since it's just an unprovoked attack and so on, the whole world is kind of uniting against Russia. And uh, uh, SWIFT is calling out Russia, which uh, SWIFT is one of the things that make uh, communications and trans- bank trans- uh, transactions between bank- uh, different banks abroad and international um, is making it quite hard. So a lot of the world is going against Russia. Russia is going against Russia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Russians are going. Like, like all, all, also with the. Um, you yeah, have never, never heard about demonstrants, Protestants, not Protestants, but protests. Protests. Yeah. Protestants and protests are very different things. Yeah, very different things. <laughs> uh, we have never heard as much about protests in Russia because the Russian government has been very good to like, close it down. But nowadays, yeah. Russians are protesting, protesting against Putin and so on. So yeah, I'm just waiting for I'm waiting for a coup to happen and just Putin gotten taken out. I know there's been four or five different assassination attempts and all that that he's heard about for whatever reason. But well, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think, think the situation is Putin did not do his homework on this invasion. <laughs> He did not do the preparations at all, because like if you look at if you just look at the the the, the sheer force of the Russian military, it's it overpowers the Ukrainian defenses by a whole fucking lot. Like the so one much... problem is the one problem is with all the embargoes going on, there's not enough resources to run their army. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Really, but but like if. If the Russian government were efficient in what they were in the invasion, if they were actually planning for an invasion, they would be so much more efficient than taking a two weeks um, war. Like, like yeah. they're a bit they so been slow, been, slow to push into. Should have been maybe a week, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. There's so much power. They're like the, the sheer force is so much, so overwhelming. That that like they should have already overtaken Ukraine, but damn, mate, the Ukrainians are fighting like mad. They're like yeah. freaking. Lions. What's funny is, huh? do you know how um, the Ukraine president became in power? Well, um, by like how how he became president of Ukraine. Uh, him and Putin actually have similar backgrounds. They were both actors. Um. And have very similar like stories to power, um, but 
the Ukraine president is being smart about it and is a good leader and Putin is not. Um, And so they're both actors. Um, Ukraine president um, actually was acting as a president in a show. And uh, a bunch of people said, oh, you should actually run for president. And so eventually he did. And with that, then he became president. And he is showing the world how an actual leader should be. Of He's a president fighting on the front line and not leaving his people. Unlike a certain someone in the U.S. that would not do that, he's also frail. But um, like he would not like put himself in any danger for it. Yeah, and, and, and I also think like Zelensky, he's staying on it. He's like taking photographs of, of where he is like he is fighting mm-hmm. and 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 just an, a quick note on that he 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 was an actor before like he actually did an ad before he b- became the president of where they they made fun of uh, the merkel you know germany merkel um calling mm-hmm. the ukrainian government and saying oh hey oh congrats you are you have been uh, officially accepted into you know the euro uh Uh, EU, mm-hmm. but and 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 he was like, oh yeah, thank you. I'm, I've, I know that the Ukrainian are very, very uh, glad for this information. And oh, and the and Merkel is like, uh, oh wait, is this Ukrainian? Oh, I thought it was Hungary. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, yeah. Hasn't the application been sent for Ukraine to go into the EU? But hasn't been accepted yet, something like that. It hasn't been accepted yet, but it has been sent. Yeah, and and also like, yeah, like, I, I don't know if you have seen it, but I know they're not in NATO as well. Yeah, but... they're not in NATO. Um, and I think one of the things, the reasons why Putin is, well, one of the things he wants to do is make sure that Ukrainian didn't go into NATO. Like, but like uh, yeah. Zelensky and. A, a, a whole lot of uh, Ukrainian poli- politicians, when in the FN, uh, the UN, um, he, he, they got a standing ovation, like everybody in Brussels was standing up and clapping <clears throat> because of the way and how they're handling handling the situation, and also like staying in Ukrainian and fighting and so on. And you can also yeah. find pictures of the the, uh, the Ukrainian first lady. Handing over food to to volunteers, so they're like they're they're staying staying and fighting. Yeah, they're they're saying screw the norm of um, mobility and power, and hey, I'm leading from the front instead of just sitting back and pointing you in the right direction. Yeah. Um, and like with that, I think again, like the smart thing again with Russia of not having them in the EU or NATO yet is if you attack that, you'd have half of the probably like, I can't remember the exact percentages, but a huge percentage of the world's um, military turning on you instantly. Mm. And I think with um, like, I'm going to use like uh, the U S as an example, like we're fighting it through more economic power now, which I think that's a direct thing from Trump, but that's um, a whole nother conversation um but like we're doing embargoes we're doing basically anything we can to stop russia with um the like economically rather than just stomping our foot into the ground even though we could easily take over russia just from the mass power we have over any other nation here 
um, which I think is a smart thing to do because I don't think we need the World War III. Yeah. And also U.S. citizens are freaking out that there's going to be a draft. There isn't going to be a draft. Um, we already have more than enough soldiers, and anyone who's not in the military, 78 to 80% of people aren't eligible because of either doing drugs or medicines or health reasons or whatever. So even if there was a draft, 80% of people underneath the age of like 28 can't even be drafted. Hmm. I didn't love to notice statistics. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> Sorry. And it's like me. I've thought about going in the military, but I have asthma. I've had too many concussions, so on and so forth. Um, just a longer list of health uh, reasons that I can't do it. Yeah, like, uh, like your health journal is long. <laughs> yeah. And I would rather, like, for me, it's like, okay, I like if I went into the military, I'd have to go into some technical support um, for it. But, like, and I'm betting in wartime, they'd probably make an exception and all that. But it's just like, okay, like, and I'm a what's considered, like, a good person in society and all that. And yet, I can't be a part of the military. Yeah. And so, yeah. Back to the World War Three thing. I also think, like, as I explained earlier, uh, I'm, right now I'm also listening to a podcast with John B. Peterson and a Rush, uh, not, uh, and a person who is an expert on Russian warfare and history and so on. And that's actually a really, really good podcast that would really recommend everybody who's interested in this topic to listen to that because it gives so much informational background and also religious background and so on. But well, one of the things that they talk about in that podcast is uh, we always talk about the nuclear war, war, like Russians have nuclear weapons. And the thing is, we they don't think that Russia is going to press on the red button and firing nuclear weapons. And as long as we don't put them into a corner where it's like fight or that's the only option. Yeah. As long as we don't press them into like it's Russia that's that dies or or wins, like as as long they as as long as they're not put in that specific corner, they are not going to do a nuclear war warfare. So I really hope that 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 is true because I don't I don't want a nuclear warfare, and I also think it's She's the number number one fighting battleground is going to be Europe rather than Asia. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, so and so, I think one of the reasons why a lot of other nations don't send soldiers to Ukraine and don't attack Russia is because if we put Russia into a into the corner like that, they are going to put be like, okay, if we're definitely if we're going to lose, we can just take take you with us, and we press all the buttons and boom, 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 and catastrophe. Yeah. So, so I, I think as long as we don't put, as long as we don't attack Russia and try to take over Russia, I think the nuclear scenario is very unlikely. So I, I really hope that. Yeah, I I don't think it will go into nuclear warfare because then that'd be nuclear fallout. Um, especially depending if you like what type of nuclear bomb, whether it's fusion or fission. Um, because they both have different zones of 
radiation and all of that and uh with ukraine and chernobyl and all that like um just hitting that and making that radiation spread would not be a pleasant event and also like radiation the log if if you're bombed by a nuclear weapon if you're lucky you're dead in the blast that's the best scenario yeah. because If you survive, you are hit by so much radiation that it's going to affect you, your your children, your children's children, and your children's children's children's, and so on. Mm-hmm. It's going to affect the, the whole blood age, blood, uh, bloodline of your family, and so on. Yeah. Yeah, and if that does happen, then it's just going to be a catastrophic famines and all that because yeah. food's not going to be safe to eat. Um, And where they're going to target is not necessarily civilian population. It's going to be the manufacturing, the supplies to the civilians. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, and just like with all the nuclear testing and Hiroshima and uh, Nagasaki and all that, it's like, yeah, that is not a pleasant recovery from that. No, and it really isn't. And like, actually, here in Denmark, we don't have nuclear power. But one mm-hmm. one of I think I think I'm for nuclear power. And one of the one of the funny jokes I always bring up when I talk about that is because Denmark is a quite small country, you know. And mm-hmm. so so nowadays nuclear uh, nuclear facilities uh, are so protective and secure that probably one of the only things that can can actually like break a nuclear Uh, facility is a nuclear weapon <laughs> so mm-hmm. if we, absolutely so if if we have a nuclear facility that provides electricity and so on the only reason that like if that is going to be destroyed and we're going to be at fault we are already getting the the new radiation from the nuclear bomb so if we're not if we are getting screwed why not just be double screwed <laughs> yeah and my thing with it is the um compared to other uh, forms of energy including green energy nuclear energy is the least amount of like cubic waste for anyone oh, because yeah. it's like there's a couple centimeters for a human of um of nuclear uh, waste versus like if you do a coal power plant an oil power plant even solar because solar plant, uh, panels aren't reusable once um they're and to make solar panels you're using fossil fuel um and you can't recycle any of it because of the way it's manufactured and so it's actually not clean energy but that's a whole nother topic but it's like the amount of waste is so much greater and with um millions and millions of people that adds up and i'd rather have a nuclear waste option than a multi-cubic meter um, of waste per human. Yeah, and also like like as as you so certainly speak, nuclear waste is so small. Like like yeah, it and like I have person. I have friends whose I have friends whose parents are engineers at nuclear facilities and all of that, and like it's really it's not a huge like issue it's just as long as you keep those rods regulated like there's so much power coming off of them that you can power multiple states with them mm. and multiple countries in the europe with oh, yeah. just one oh yeah uh, like if you go to france france is one of the 
the countries in, in Europe which is living off of uh, nuclear power. And But the thing is, like, the, the, the chance of a nuclear power plant to go wrong is very astronomically low. But if it, yeah. if, it's in, uh, if it goes wrong, it goes horribly wrong. And it's not something yeah. that we can fix. Like we Which I think that's why so many people are against it is because they saw Chernobyl do its meltdown. Yeah, yeah. But, but, and there are so many there's so many factors that went wrong at Chernobyl that it doesn't really like add up that there's just one fault after another after another after another that it wasn't just one thing that went wrong like people think it was yeah and, and also like which but but the thing is also like Chernobyl is I can't remember the exact date but it was a long time ago. Like we have become it was like nineteen so... sixties, nineteen seventies. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but the 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 thing is, like Chernobyl was, we didn't know enough about radiation and power plants and so on, as we know now. So like every nuclear power plant that we build nowadays is so much better and more secure, secure because, because like mm-hmm. we have we have extra security measurements for one thing. We have like one layer of extra security, one next layer. One extra, one extra, one extra, and so on. Mm-hmm. So it's way more secure and way more safe to do it nowadays. And as I said, like, when, yeah. if you want to break it, you have to use some heavy, heavy artillery, such as a nuclear bomb, a nuclear weapon. So if you're already screwed, why not just be double screwed? <laughs> I just feel yeah. such a fun argument, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, and it's just like again, it's just it's such a safe option that it really doesn't matter, and the radiation coming from it is almost none because of the um, safety precautions they do take. And we know so much more about nuclear power because our knowledge literally grows every day oh, with yeah. it. Yeah, and and I, I'm I think one of the things I'm quite interested in. in is how how much of the power supply where in the next 20 years where this power supply coming from is it coming from solar panels is it coming from wave, wave in, uh, energy where does it come from yeah, like if you're like if you're gonna do um renewable energy i'd much rather do wind there's so much less waste with it because you can reuse a lot of those parts versus like solar like solar is great because um like the sun is an infinite infinite um power source for us mm. um but, but, but again, the thing is again where do you store the energy at night batteries and what are batteries made out of acid and stuff that again can't be reused once it's completely depleted yeah so like how do you sustain that versus wind you can have a 24-hour supply because it's just as windy during the day as it is at night um yeah. so yeah 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 and and all of the different power supplies have the different advantages and disadvantages and one of the things that you just explained uh that wind is always on <laughs> so to speak we always yeah. have wind we have all but this, so sometimes we don't we just get the energy on from the day so, so yeah it's just like texas ran into that problem last year of not having 
um, the non um, green energy because they shut off some coal plants and oil power plants and all of that. And they were running in, they ran into the power cap and there was just communities that had to go with no power because like there wasn't enough power in the system and they isolated themselves. And there's again, a lot of different engineering issues with that, but like they ran into their energy cap, which is not a good thing. Yeah. And that's, that's not good. We rely on energy by a whole fucking lot. Nowadays. It's what maintains plumbing. It's what maintains your city. It's what maintains um, infrastructure. Like there's just so much that it does, and like, and if it goes out, then you're screwed. Yeah, yeah, and that's just the best way to say it. You're screwed. You really are. And also, like, I think, I think when we talk about energy and power supply, I also think. That is also infrastructure, and and mm-hmm. and some things are. I'm really curious about is like the next fifty years with the AI and so on. We we get so much technological things nowadays that are so unbelievable and powerful. I think mm-hmm. one of the best things to do right now is make sure that the infrastructure, on every part is secure and the best at everything thing the problem is it's never going to be completely secure because no matter what there's humans involved oh yeah but number number two is there's been so much technical logical advancements that we can't keep up with the next technology oh yeah like there's uh there's still connections from the 90s like m.2 slots and all of that that's on your pc for an old really old computer like keyboard and all of that and it's like okay if you put a direct user input in there then like any program can get by any security because it thinks that a human's doing it so it trusts a human inherently um and just things like that where it's like okay we're never going to be secure because we have old standards in there and it's just like with laws like our society is much different than it was 200 years ago when like the constitution was written they tried to do it universally, but there's just things that you can't like do. It's like, okay, you never knew that planes were going to be a thing. You never knew that cars were going to be a thing. You never knew that electricity was even going to be a thing when that was written. Mm, yeah. And so how do you, how do you write a universal law for things coming up? You don't. Yeah. And, and, and that's one of the problems, something we're going to face also like with the NFTs and metaverse and so on. Like we don't know how to regulate that, and, and and they're trying to regulate it. But again, it's the lifelong politicians that are regulating it that are not don't know anything about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so <clears throat> just to, um, I, I lost my train train of thought there, but I I think like like the, the thing is also like we have to keep what's working working so like there's also mm-hmm. always that discussion about how much of the f- new and funny and ex- exciting things we, do we need to do and uh, trust to do and there's also no these things work let's focus on those so like the, the conservative more liberal new funny stuff old works where, where, like, where on the spectrum do we need to be at all times 
I'm like, we don't even have our fundamentals. Like on myself, I'm a little more conservative leaning, but I'm also a person that loves new technology. Mm. Um, like my parents, like my dad, he honestly is not the biggest fan of some technologies. He's like, we like, he's like, I'm good with about 10 years ago cap on technology and all of that, which is like, okay, fine. Great. But, um, for me, I'm like, we don't even have our fundamentals down, like even down to our, like power system or power delivery system in the U S we're already maxing it out and we haven't done maintenance on it enough in the past 20, 30 years to update it. It needs to be replaced every 30 years and we haven't and we're on its 50 year mark. And so like if we don't have those fundamentals down, how can we continue to grow at this rate if we're already past the cap of the fundamentals? And so I really do think we need to take a step back and reconsider of like, okay, where are we going and how can we make the structure for this to increase? And that's not what's being considered. It's just like, okay, here's a new thing. Oh, just make the old thing work and fit in. Here's make a square thing fit in a round hole. Like that's kind of what we're doing right now. Yeah. And, and when, when we talk about that, I I, I think about, uh, I saw a picture once, which uh, I think it was were the person who built the sewers in London. And at the time they they built the sewers, they were quite small, like like mm-hmm. very small. But this guy was like, "Nah, mate, we need to build them." I think it was maybe twice the the diameter, or maybe four times the diameter. And because he made sure that the fundamentals were so wide, London could expand to the size that it is now. Yeah. And that's, and that's, again, a lot of growing cities are running into the infrastructure problem. Mm. Like in Kansas City, uh, Kansas and Missouri, there's a $3 trillion infrastructure bill that's just got passed to, to fix roads, to add infrastructure so that the city can keep growing. Yeah. Like it's one of the best cities for traffic, but that's because they've focused on the infrastructure of that. Yeah. Like, of course, there's going to be hot spots, but like, in general, it's a really good city for driving. And that's because they're spending the time and money and planning to do it. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's the difference. Like, like, like you really need to focus on making sure that the infrastructure is as good as it can be. Because the, the thing is, inf- infrastructure helps everybody. Mm-hmm. Because like like when nowadays a lot of people, well, there's always been a discussion about the poor and the rich. And like, mm-hmm. if you focus on the infrastructure, infrastructure, you help everybody. You raise the standard of yeah. the poor. Because, because like, if you, look, if, you, if you look 50 years ago, nobody had a phone. Now everybody has a phone. Even the poor, poor have a phone. Even the poor have water. Even the poor have food and so on. Well, most of them. That's yeah. Case it's just like in any, any first world country, the standard of poor is above like almost the rich class in most third world countries Mm. and like that that's a good thing it's not a great thing that everyone doesn't have food and water but like at the same time like it's good to have a higher standard of living and people are looking at the top one percent of the one percent of the one percent and are getting jealous and you're like okay well you're within the one percent just because you're living in america Oh yeah, yeah. Like you're top five percent of the world, and you have no idea about it. Like, mm. 
you're complaining that Elon Musk hasn't paid it taxes, but whenever Trump gave the tax break, he literally paid the most taxes out of anyone. Um, and but now, like they were like complaining, he's like, "Oh, he's only paying an X amount of percentage, but he has so much money." You're like, "Well, if you raise everyone by like one percent, everyone collected can pay more than he could." Mm. And it's just things like that that people just don't realize that it's not the rich that's the problem. It's that everyone's not pulling their weight. Yeah. And also, like, one of the arguments that I really like is the rich makes the economic flow, but also, like, creates jobs. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to give a tax break to someone who gives a thousand people a job more than I am the person that's working the job because they're not creating anything but a product yeah. or a good or a service. Yeah. The company, the company, the person who leads the company makes the product and sells the product and improves the economy and provides people jobs, which helps the economy flowing and makes sure that everybody eats and so on. Mm. So, so like, like just look at Amazon, the second richest guy on the fucking planet. Look at how, I don't, I don't know the exact number, but like, look at how many employees he got. Look at how many employees he yep. must have. Look at how many employees Starbucks, McDonald's, KFC have, and so on. Yeah, and so they're going to get tax breaks because of that, and yeah. that's good. It's, it really not a, it's not a bad thing, and a lot of people think it is, and I'm like, why? They're creating something so that you can eat. Yeah, And if you're not going to give them breaks, it's going to raise the price of everything, which is going to raise your taxes, which is going to raise your like cost of living, which is going to lower your standard of living. So why not give a break here so that everyone Benefits. down the chain can do that? It's just like with the a huge debate is raising the um, like minimum wage to $15 in America. And like some people just some jobs are not worth $15 an hour. Somebody sweeping at Walmart is not worth $15 an hour. And if you make that worth the minimum, and yeah, like yes, the cost of living has gone up over the years, but if you make that the minimum, there's going to be huge inflation, which is going to make everything more expensive, taxes more expensive, housing more expensive, food more expensive, mm. and so on and so forth. And it's just like, why? Yeah, yeah. And like, it also goes back to the supply and demand. Because like if everybody has money, it, everything keeps going. But if one person only has it out of a hundred, those things that he has that nobody else has is very expensive, and so on. Mm-hmm. So if you make sure that everybody have uh, have everything, so to speak, everything you have to live nowadays, it's just way better. Yeah. Um. And I actually wanted to point something out, but I can't. It was such a good thing to say, but. To, to talk about but i think it escapes from my mind at the moment um, that chicken winglets are better than chicken drums yeah well you read my mind of course of course that it is oh. that, that is that yes yep. but, but i think like um, also when we talk about the rich and the poor like the rich is the people that are also making innovations Mm-hmm. Like look at Amazon, how much innovation he has made in his 
in his economy. They have they've built so much infrastructure that allows people to get stuff in two days. Like yeah. that's crazy. Especially in the big country like America, getting any product you want in two days is impressive. Oh yeah. Like like that so oh, damn good job, Jeff. <laughs> good job. Like something that takes me four days or three to four days to drive across America for a certain product, I can get it in two days. That's like that just does not make sense. It's so it's so weird. So, and I think that's a good way to stop uh, stop the podcast today. Um, with saying that the rich is the ones that make all the jobs. They are the one, one of the ones that make approximately all of the innovations and help the the poor get richer and make sure that the infrastructure is laid out for everybody um, and, and so on. So, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Birdhouse Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, Follow me on my Instagram at The Birdhouse Agency and share it to your friends and family or rate it on Apple Podcast or Anchor. My name is Alexander Gulea and I will see you at the next episode. Mm-hmm.